There are a lot of things you have to deal with in your work as a photographer. Some things are more exciting than others, and today we're talking about the boring stuff. But I want you to keep listening, because we're going to cover how you can spend less time on those things. You're listening to Sustainable Photography, where you get support and education to build your profitable business in a way that supports your way of living. I'm Ingvild Kolnes, and after 11 years as a photographer, I want to share what I've learned with you. So if you're looking for confidence, inspiration, and to-the-point tips, keep listening. For full transparency, I also want you to know that I'm a mentor with paid offers, and I might mention some of those in this episode. Today's guest is Charlotte Isaac. Charlotte is a business operations consultant who helps small business owners who love their people just as much as she loves hers. Charlotte helps overwhelmed and overworked entrepreneurs build customized solutions through her signature program, Ease Seeker Society, and her DIY Dipsado shop. The goal is for them to serve their clients better, automate busy work, and feel confident in their business. Hi, Charlotte. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk. Yeah, me too. Um, so... I want to ask you about you and your background, but I know that it says that you're a business operations consultant, and I have to just start by asking, what is that? It's terrifying, isn't it? <laughs> I think I have one of the roles that like nobody knows how to explain, and I try and explain it to my family, and they're like, you do what? And it's on the internet, and like, I'm so confused. <laughs> it's probably good to talk about the elephant in the room. Essentially, I help people streamline their operations and automate them using a system called Debsado, which I know you're a huge fan of as well. And kind of the, the gist of it is, is we want to be able to create some freedom to grow. And maybe that looks like taking on more clients with less fuss. Maybe it looks like, you know, only working for a few days a week and still earning what you want to earn. Whatever it is, I just want to help people make their operations easier and better. That sounds like what most people want. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's it's definitely why I started my business. I think it's a pretty a popular reason for doing what we do, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. Because when I was starting out, I didn't know of any kind of CRMs or Dubsado. I don't pretty sure Dubsado didn't exist. So I just had I started off with just like my notebook and I wrote things down. I had no idea how how I even remember to show up at these weddings in the beginning. And then I had an Excel sheet that I like went through like because that's when I started to have a bunch of different steps and following up and and checking in and all those things and then when I had like 22 weddings over just a few months and you know just trying to keep track of all these people it was like either I have to get a different system or I have to quit like that those were my choices basically <laughs> I'm glad you didn't quit we're so lucky now, like as, as business owners, there's so many, you know, tools and software and even resources like this podcast. Like there's just so many things at people's fingertips that didn't exist. Like even five years ago, it's wild. And sometimes it's scary to take advantage of them, but like we should, we should let business be as easy as it can. Absolutely. How did you get into this whole stuff of Dipsado and automations and everything? Probably accidentally. <laughs> so my background before I started my business is I worked in creative agencies or advertising agencies, most people know them as. And my role there was to run our operations teams and make sure that the local operations managers had everything they need and our software was working hard for us and we had the right team members and all that kind of stuff. So I, I worked a lot with CRMs in that. And then when I started working for myself, I was working as an OBM. I don't know whether you're familiar and whether your listeners would know what an OBM is. Probably not. You can, you can explain it. 
Okay. So an OBM is an online business manager. So essentially you're, you're kind of becoming the operations manager of that business on a part-time contractor basis. So I was doing a lot of that. And then um, I worked with a lot of creatives as well. They're the type of people that I love working with. And I realized they didn't really need me, to be honest. They just needed a really good piece of software that would do the work for them. And like, there's no point paying someone like me every single month to hold things together if they can pay a tool $35 a month to do the same thing. So I started putting my clients onto Dubsado. They loved it. And I was like, you're cool now. Like, you don't need me. Stop paying me money. (laughs) You put yourself out of a job, basically. I did. But at the same time, I fell into something that I really, really loved. Yeah. We were talking before we started recording and I said that I think I have like the coolest job in the world a lot of the time. And that's fun. Yeah. That's the way it should be. And that really puts me over to the next question about what a sustainable business looks like to you. Because it kind of sounds like you found it. (laughs) I'm trying. I think it's something that we always work towards. I think when I started my business, maybe a sustainable business was a little bit different than what it is for me now. When you're first starting out, you really need to focus on getting clients and all of, all of that kind of stuff. For me now, it looks like constantly working on my boundaries. And, and even though I've got systems, working out ways to tighten them up and have them work a little bit harder and, and going a little bit deeper with that. Um, I don't work Monday, so I work a four-day week at the moment. I would love to turn that into a three-day week or even a two-day week. We'll see. I think I think it's playing with it and finding something that works for you. I guess that would be my definition of sustainable. Mm, that that's a good definition. Do you think having systems and automations is key to have a sustainable business? Do you think you can have one without it? I don't know whether you really can. I mean, I'm thinking back to you describing your notebook and your Excel, and I just I think to to be sustainable, everything has to be as easy as possible. You don't want to work harder than you have to, and you know, we do have these tools. Why not use them to save, you know, five, six hours every week that you could be doing literally anything else. (laughs) So um, I think systems and automation are pretty key to doing that. And maybe instead of that, you could have a team member, but again, why would you pay somebody on your team to do the exact same thing? You could have software use. You don't have to keep training software. Software never goes on holidays. You can be a pretty mean boss to it and just tell it what you want it to do. And it just does it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've definitely had a new life uh, or my business has had a new life after I started using Dipsado, which is what I use. And I know that's what you use too, but there's a bunch of different ones. And most of the time, it's a matter of kind of like sticking to the one you've got and getting the most out of it. How can you decide as a photographer, like what things can I automate? How do I do it? Can anyone do it? Do you need someone to teach you? Uh, What do you do? It's a good question. I think everybody kind of has that on the tip of their lips. They're like, this sounds really good, but like, what's the catch? What do I have to do about this? I, th- I think anyone can do it. I think it's definitely learnable. I know a lot of people are probably listening and being like, oh, systems, this sounds like not my forte. And that's totally okay. I've had students that have felt like that. And then, you know, I, I know they can do it. Everyone is capable of it. If you have the time and if you don't want to do it yourself, tons of people can help you do it. I think the best place to start with automation is looking at your client processes. So there's generally three we look at, how your clients come in as leads, um, how you onboard them, and then how you offboard them. And, and that's probably where I would start because that is the one process that you're going to repeat again and again and again in your business. And not only will it help you have a sustainable business, but it's also going to help your clients have an amazing client experience, which you know has so many benefits as well. Mm, yeah, I think 
that's something that might be a little bit under-communicated, that factor of the client experience. Because if you have everything just inside your head or just scattered across post-its in your office or whatever, then you're bound to miss something at some point. So having a good system in place is pretty important to make sure that your client gets the best experience. Definitely. Like none of us are perfect. We're, we're definitely going to drop the ball there. And, you know, even if we scrap looking after our clients, you know, we've got to be on Instagram and we have to do this and you've got your editing, editing to do in between shoots. And like, we all have a hundred other things on our plate. So whether we drop the ball with something with our clients or something else, like it's, it's bound to happen. I don't think we as humans, this is getting super philosophical, but I'm not sure we're ever designed to hold quite as much information in our heads as we do as business owners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause that's how I was feeling. That's what I said before that when I just had my Excel sheet, which I loved because Excel is great, but there's a limit to that. And the rest of it, you had Like I had my Excel sheet and then there was like, okay, so when I get to this stage, then I have to go over to my Google document and find the next piece. And then that's where my email templates are. And then there's a lot of going back and forth. So having everything in one place has definitely helped a lot. But do you think that you need a lot of different tools? Do you have some favorite tools that you can share about? I mean, Dubsado is an obvious one. Yeah, I mean, Dubsado for sure is my number one. And I think if you're starting out, Dubsado is a really good place to start. And when I say starting out, I mean starting out with tools rather than starting out in your business. But that, that's the first one I would start because it's a pretty, it's like $35, $40 a month and it will save you so much time. So that's the first thing I would put effort into. The second thing which Dubsado can do, but if you have a team or you have like associate photographers or something like that, which I'm sure a lot of people don't at this point, you might want to look at a more robust scheduling tool, but definitely having something to look after your scheduling, which Dubsado can do too, I think is important. And then the third part of systems that I would look at is project management. So something like ClickUp or Asana um, or Trello, find something that feels good to you and works best to keep track of, you know, all the little steps that you have to do for your clients, but also the things that you have to do for your business too. Yeah, that's a very good point. I probably should have asked this a little bit sooner <laughs> in this talk, but Dubsado is a CRM. How can you explain a CRM? Yeah, so CRM stands for Client Relationship Management. Um, and essentially, it can do a bunch of stuff to make looking after your clients easier. So it can send emails, it can do your contracts, your proposals, questionnaires, scheduling. I'm sure there's stuff I'm going to be forgetting off the top of my head <laughs> right now. But it essentially, like if we think about your notebook, I'm sure you have like maybe a page or a couple of pages for a client. And so Dubsado kind of creates like a digital manila folder, if you like, for each client. And then all of that stuff can live in there. Everything in the one place, they can have a client portal if you want them to, that they can log in and see, okay, this is the package I chose. This was the contract that I signed, which over the last couple of years we've learned is super, super important. Maybe you have a couple of questionnaires. Uh, in the lead up to the shoot or their wedding that they need to fill out, you know, everything in the one spot. But the thing we really love Dubsado for is the fact that we can automate all of these things as well. Definitely. It's made such a difference just knowing that it kind of takes care of the next step and like just little things. Like, for example, before our interview today, you should have gotten an email saying like, here's a reminder that we have an interview tomorrow. And I probably wouldn't have been able to remember all that stuff to send out if I was because I could write it in my 
in my calendar book, but it doesn't mean that I would have gotten around to doing it. And it just happens without me having to do anything at all. And I think that's really amazing. I, I did get the email. It was brilliant. I love the reminder. And, you know, it's little things like the Zoom link was in that as well. And if you were going to send that email to me, like you put it in your calendar, yes. And maybe it popped up when you were, you know, out doing your groceries or something like that. And you're like, oh, when I get home, I have to email Charlotte. But then you would have to go and find the Zoom link and pop it in. And, you know, it's exhausting. Um, And for me, I just opened my inbox and I was like, awesome, Zoom link there. When I'm ready, open the email, click it. It's just so easy for everyone. Yeah, it is so easy. And when you were talking about the different uh, project management tools, I actually remember that I also tried Trello to keep track of my clients. That didn't really work because you can also like map everything out in a project man- management tool, but it can't really do anything for you. And it, and there's still a lot of like moving things around and it gets really complicated. So I would definitely say to use project management tools for other things than for your clients when you have a lot of them. If you probably just have one or two, it doesn't matter. But the more clients you have, the more systems you need, basically. Yeah, I think think it can turn into like a fancy Excel, can't it? Like it's just doing the same thing Excel would have done otherwise. I mean, the way I work with clients is a little bit different for photographers, but I would have, you know, some of the steps that that need to happen in there to get things done. Like maybe it would just track your editing. Um, and which clients you still need to do that for. But again, Dubsado can do that for you and it's so much easier and streamlined. So I think recommending that people use it to do the other stuff in their business is probably a good, you know, just just let it be easy. Focus on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I actually found you a few years ago uh, when I was setting up Dubsado. I got it. It was recommended to me. So I got it and I started like looking at it and I was like, I don't understand anything there's so much in here I don't know what to do so I emailed you and I'm pretty sure I did that on a Friday because before I heard back from you which was probably over the weekend I spent the whole weekend just testing and trying and I managed to set it up in the end but it took me probably night and day because that's what I do when I when I get into working I just work non-stop and I managed to set it up and I just have to say, what a waste of time. Because I'm sure that if I had waited and spent my weekend either just, you know, having some time off or doing something else, you could have helped me so much. And you could have probably helped me to think of some clever things that I never would have thought of. So I just have to say that that's a huge regret of mine, that that I didn't just wait and make that investment. And I actually have a few like that where I'm really like stubborn and I want to do things myself. And I don't realize how much time I'm spending just trying to figure it out myself. And I could have gotten so much further, so much faster with some help and just spent my time doing what I do best. So that's one of my mistakes when it comes to automation and kind of like where I haven't asked for help. But what do you find that or what do you see that most people do wrong when it comes to automations and and starting to automate things? Firstly, I just want to say, I think it's okay that you did it yourself. I think doing it yourself, like you've started the podcast since then, obviously, and you were able to set up some things for the podcast as well. And you knew Dubsado, so you were probably able to do that quite easily. It felt like second nature. So, and you know, we're here a few years later and we're talking, so (laughs) everything's all good. So don't be afraid to do it yourself. But, you know, I definitely agree. There's things looking back in my business that, that I wish I did differently. We live and we learn, don't we? 
the biggest thing I see people kind of, I'm not going to call it a mistake, but maybe something they could do better when they do it on their own is they work through the Dubsado features and that's the way they focus on setting it up. So they're like, okay, Dubsado can do this. I'll go set that part up. Dubsado can do this. I'll go do that bit next. But the first thing that we really want to do before we look at setting up Dubsado or any CRM is really going deep into your client process and making sure that that is as streamlined as possible. And you know what you want from a tool like Dubsado. So rather than kind of making your client process fit around what Dubsado can do, taking a step back and be like, okay, when people reach out to me on my website, this is what I want it to look like. When I send a proposal or onboard a client, this is what I want to happen. If you have all of those decisions done first, Dubsado is going to be a lot easier because you're kind of building a checklist for yourself of what you need to set up. But also the client experience is going to be so, so, so much better. And I think that's actually one of the things that I did right. Because I started with like making that full list of everything that I already was doing that I figured that could just be done for me in a way. So yeah. Yeah, which is perfect. Like Dubsado, you want it to clone yourself, really. You don't want it to do anything different. And especially most people when they set up Dubsado, they've had at least a handful of clients, if not a lot more. Like you you would have been in business for quite a while before you set up Dubsado. And you know what works with your clients and you know them better than anybody does. So starting with that process, I'm so chuffed that you did that. I think um, we really do have the same brain sometimes, I swear. So it's such a good place to start. So definitely do that. Yeah. And when it comes to like my Dubsado specific mistakes, I've like at one instance, I sent out an email to some people that weren't clients yet. I was sending them the contract or something like that. And I I had copied something that shouldn't be copied. And I accidentally sent them the high first name uh, last name client, like instead of their actual names. And it's just like, oh, that shouldn't happen. So have you made any any silly automation mistakes? We've all done it. I, you know, something that makes me feel better and I should save them when they happen, but I got an email. I can't even remember. It was someone like Jenna Kutcher or someone like someone pretty big. And I got a high first name email from them once. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. This makes me feel good. <laughs> we all do it. Um, what have I done? Oh my gosh, probably many, many silly things. So we started with the very beginning of the process, the very last thing I think you want to do to try and avoid things like that. And it's going to happen and clients understand they never care about it as much as we do. Like you probably lost sleep that night. I would have too. (laughs) They hate me. No, yeah. They're going to think that they're just like one of many and that I don't even write out my emails. And this is so impersonal. And yeah. Exactly. We all do it. Like we care about it a lot. Our clients really understand if we tell them, so don't beat yourself up. But I think the last thing that we want to do after we've gone and set it up is test, like test, test, test. You cannot practice enough with something like this before you put your clients through it. Um, I create a little test project with my dog's name because I'm really... (laughs) really dog obsessed like that um and go through and you want to check like do all my first name spots pull through my dog's name or you know you can use another name if you'd like to but go through the process and see exactly what your clients get and accept a proposal and sign a contract and it's going to give you a lot of comfort that everything's working right but also you're going to know your system even better than you would if you didn't do that Mm. oh that's a that's a really good idea I should have should have done that because sometimes I feel like I don't really even know what happens when my clients go through this. So yeah, that's a good idea. I should do that. Yeah, everything looks a little bit different on the client's end too. So it's nice to just know exactly what's there. And then if a client asks you a question about how something works, 
you've done it before, you know exactly what it looks like on their end. And you can say, you know, just choose your package from here by clicking the select button at the bottom. They'll be submit next. Then you'll be taken to the contract and you can explain things really clearly. Mm, Yeah, that's a good idea. Hi, so I promise this episode isn't over, but come on over to Instagram and say hi and let me know what you want me to cover next on the podcast. You'll find me at Ingvil Kolnes. So I've already said that I once (laughs) wished I'd worked with you. Maybe you can say a little bit about the way you work with clients. Yeah, so there's two ways. Uh, The first one is through my group program called Seekers Society. Uh, It's a six-week program or essentially we go through and um, we set up Dubsado together. It's like a little fun work party. (laughs) So that's the first way. If that is something you're kind of interested in, the way to see whether that might be a good fit is to go through my free mini course called Seven Steps to Automation. And it helps you start working out what kinds of things you can automate in your business. The second way I work with people is through my DIY shop, which is a grab as you need it resource library, which I definitely did not have when you first reached out to me. You know, there's automation templates in there and, you know, a bunch of stuff to make setting up Dubsado easier and create better proposals and all that kind of stuff. Mm, That sounds amazing. I think it's easy to think uh, that when we get a piece of software, that it should just start working the way we want it to. And I think the more sophisticated a software is the more things there are that can go wrong the more complex it can be and tricky to understand i'm right now doing a course on active campaign email software uh, which i'd had for two years before i started this course and i learned so much and it's like i feel like you shouldn't be allowed to buy that software without having that course attached to it because you can get so much further and there's something to that of if you're going to start using a piece of software like just learn to use it and get the most out of it because you could be missing out on so much and oftentimes when you want to get further in your business like we focus on getting more clients we focus on booking more and oftentimes you can get the furthest if you just kind of take a step back and just focus on serving the clients you already have better or the potential clients you almost have like uh, better so just that's just something to be said for getting the most out of your software yeah I agree with that so much um I think we almost expect these things to be a magic bullet fix but they're definitely not we only get get out of them what we're happy to put into it and The good news is it's a do it once and you don't have to think about it for a long time. And I also think what you said about sometimes taking a step back and thinking about how we can better serve our clients is actually the best way to get more clients. Um, There's a quote from a really good book called Company of One and it's customer happiness is the new marketing. And as a very lazy marketer, I am very happy to stand behind that. I know in my business, I think my referral number all time in my business is 59%, which if I put that into dollars, like that's quite a lot of business I've gotten from referrals. And quite frankly, I didn't do anything different for it. I didn't even ask for referrals. It's just having a process that I stand behind and I know it works. And also, yes, automation, it's not me doing everything. It, it can make a huge difference to your business. Mm, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe that's one of the most important things. Like I know we touched on it, but one of the most important things that automation can can give you is happier clients. Definitely. We really underestimate the difference it can make for us to have happier clients. And especially in the photography industry, like I have referred my photographer so many clients and 
it's something people see too and and they fall in love with it and I think I don't know whether I've ever mentioned to you that I actually set the wedding date of my wedding based on when my photographer was available <laughs> so <laughs> you know people will move mountains to work with you if you can if you can build a reputation of being amazing and and definitely having an amazing client experience helps with that for sure mm, yeah absolutely and that's like every especially every wedding photographer's dream to have their clients like move their dates that that's amazing it is I mean it's probably not the smart way to plan a wedding but I'm sure you've had clients that have done that as well like putting myself in the shoes of someone who's getting ready to book a photographer like we just get so excited about the people we're working with and we fall in love with their personality and you know I'm so sure I'm not the only one who's done this (laughs) no no absolutely not but it is so nice because then you know that that's the right uh, match like the photographer and the client when they're willing to do that kind of stuff so so yeah that's that's the way it should be to not just find a photographer but the the right photographer I think it, it doesn't just ring true for wedding photographers as well too like my brand photographer is in a different city I'm in Sydney in Australia she's in Melbourne um I don't know whether anyone knows about our lockdowns but like we were separated for a lot of the last two years and I finally had my brand shoot a few weeks ago I think we rescheduled it four times. <laughs> And she said to me, she's like, you could have so easily gone with a local photographer. But, you know, again, I'd worked with her before. I knew the experience was amazing. Yeah, it it pays off in so many ways. And maybe referrals is not necessarily the fast way to grow your business. But we're here for a sustainable photography business. Exactly. Yeah, because it is really important to not just think about the here and now. Because most of us, we think like, what can I do right now? But it doesn't that's not what's gonna make your business stay it might work right now but if you take on the wrong clients or if if you rush your client experience and you don't really give it your best then it's not going to last it's so true and the funny thing about referrals speaking of wrong clients is have you found that your referral clients are often the better ones too because like they've worked with someone that you've worked with and presumably really enjoyed working with. And so they're always the dreamiest, easiest clients. Like Mm -hmm. they're just so great. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a different conversation, but it's still that you have to know who you want to work with because especially when you're starting out, you might work with the wrong clients, which will lead to the the wrong referrals. So yeah, it, it all ties back into the same things. You just have to, you have to think long-term and not just right now (laughs) yeah definitely I think the other thing that we can loop that back into our process and the way we automate is when you're planning your automations or your client processes a lot of people plan them for their worst clients they're like okay one time I had this client who after the shoot they messaged me every single day being like where are my photos and it was really annoying so they build their, their workflows for that client but Think about your best clients and and yes, after the shoot, still send them an email saying, hey, just a reminder, it's going to take however long. Um, and I loved working with you. Have a great day. I'll see you in a couple of weeks kind of thing. But do it for your best clients because they're the ones that we want to have a great experience. Frankly, the bad clients, we don't really care about that much. Yeah, that that's a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> just, um, yeah, let's get rid of the bad clients. <laughs> what do you think is the reason that you care about helping others? like your clients and everyone set things up and and do a good job it's a really hard question and it's very early in the morning (laughs) so let me think I I think I have a, a belief that a lot of the time people kind of make us feel like having a business needs to be hard and 
we all have those small business stories. I don't know whether it's the same necessarily in Europe as it is in Australia, but I feel like I was brought up to believe that having a small business is a really hard slog and you have to work weekends and you have to work nights and your taxes. Yeah, good. Okay. I'm glad it's the it's same the thing. Same. I mean, I'm yeah. not glad, but I'm glad. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it has to be like that. I think things are changing and I think that we are allowed to and we should have a business that is life-giving for us and we should be able to work only a few days a week if we want to and we should be able to make more than we could in some crappy corporate job. I think our businesses can be whatever they whatever you want them to be really and I guess I want I want that to be real. I'm sick of hearing people that have to work nights and weekends and they don't enjoy their business. I want that to be something that's a thing of the past. I don't want us to be in our 50s or 60s being like, let me tell you, when I was in my 20s and 30s and I started a business, it was terrible. I guess I want to get rid of that story. Yeah. And I think that's true for so many creatives and photographers, especially like we do something that once was our hobby, like we do something that we enjoy doing. So I think a lot of photographers are telling themselves a story where it's like, I, I shouldn't be making money off this. And probably because they're told by so many people, like, what are you doing charging that much money for something that you like doing? I've heard that so many times, which again leads you to start believing that, which makes you charge less and work way too much. And yeah, it's, it's never ending that. <laughs> it's such crap though, like... I know that's super blunt, but like, I, I think photographers are amazing. And I think like try and surround yourself in business with a community that makes you feel like a total rock star, because I'm great at telling my friends to charge really, really well. But you know, even sometimes when I price out my programs or new products, I'm like, we all, we all lowball ourselves. And it's probably because of those stories. I think that if you love your job, like awesome, but you still get to charge really well for it because at the end of the day, you are doing something that is monumental for your clients. You're making their lives so much better by having you present either on their wedding day or helping them with family portraits or brand photography or whatever it is. Like your work has real value. And I think we can definitely charge well for that. Absolutely. And if they don't appreciate you, then they're the wrong client and you shouldn't work with them. Yeah. Get better clients if that's the case, for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. So if the person who's listening right now is like, okay, I need to start automating some stuff and I need some systems. Where do they begin? Yeah, I would start with the free mini course that I mentioned before um, on my website. So if you go to Charlotte Isaac slash SP for sustainable photography, that'll take you to where you need to go. And and that's going to ask you some questions to help you decide what kind of things you should automate and how you can get started. So yeah, I'm going to be linking to that in the show notes, of course. And what would you recommend doing? to build a sustainable business? It's not going to be surprising given what we've talked about today, but create a consistent process and use automation to just let it happen for your clients. Mm. Yeah, that that's a good tip. Yeah, I agree with that. And if the listener wants to keep learning from you, which they absolutely should, where do they go? Yeah, definitely use that free mini course. Otherwise, if you just want to connect in general, Instagram is a great place. And I try and pop out some helpful tips in there as well, too. So I'm at Charlotte Isaac HQ. Yeah, you're really good on Instagram. So yeah, definitely follow Charlotte on Instagram. (laughs) 
Thank you. It's a labor of love. Mm, That's good. Thank you so much, Charlotte. This was amazing. So much energy and so many helpful tips. Thank you. It's been really fun chatting. I know you share a lot of the same philosophies with business and systems. So it's been exciting and fun to dive in together. Thanks for listening to Sustainable Photography. Head over to Instagram at Ingvild Kolnes to tell me what you want future episodes to be all about. Check out the show notes over at ingvildkolnes.com slash podcast. You can learn more about the Sustainable Photography Program and sign up for the waitlist there. To get more of this content, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Your support makes all the difference. Talk soon.